Hey there, creatives. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Psychotherapist podcast. I'm your host, Raina Lombardi, and I am really excited to bring this next series um, to the show. It's going to be a special series dedicated to speaking with different uh, people, different therapists uh, involved in the Expressive Therapy Summit. If you've never heard of the Expressive Therapy Summit, it is an intermodal um, international conference uh, that really is dedicated to experiential learning and um, brings together all of the different disciplines in the world of therapy. There are social workers, there's art therapists, dance therapists, music therapists, play therapists, any kind of therapist really imaginable, and everybody sharing their experiential knowledge and hands-on learning um, activities. And it's a really wonderful event. And usually it's four days um, in the fall in New York City. And there is an LA component, which happens in the spring. Um, in this fall, I am interviewing probably, I would say eight to 10 people um, that are either directly involved in the summit or are going to be presenting on their uh, topic of um, expertise. And um, we'll be learning about their clinical practices um, and what they'll be teaching at the event. And so you'll get kind of a snapshot and hopefully in each conversation that we have, um, the, the key takeaways will relate to the work of creating something out of nothing, which is kind of the object of um, bringing your practice to life or creating that therapeutic tool, writing a book, whatever it is that as a therapist you're passionate about and want to bring to life. And that's really the focus of the Creative Psychotherapist podcast show. Um, in the first episode, I am interviewing Barry Cohen, who is the summit leader. And um, Barry's also an art therapist and a former art therapy educator. He also is the creator of the Diagnostic Drawing Series, which is uh, an art therapy assessment tool. Um, and in our conversation, we'll be talking about how the summit came to be. And you'll also hear a little bit about um, some of the roles that I've played um, over the years because I've been involved in the summit um, since the beginning. And it's something that I'm really passionate about and love. And I think part of being involved in the summit really allowed me to move in the direction that I'm in currently. I don't know if I would be here um, at this point without having participated in the summit and developing it and bringing it to life, sharing it with other people. I was very involved as the social media marketing person uh, for the event for many, many years until um, Laura Bader took over that a couple of years ago for me because I just got too busy with my practice. 
but I'm hoping that you're going to really enjoy the conversations uh, that we have. And um, so, yeah, so this is going to be the Voices from the Expressive Therapy Summit special series. Let us know what you think. The Creative Psychotherapist is the official podcast of the Creative Clinician's Corner, a practice-building resource for creative psychotherapists. TCP Podcast is the cast for creative, expressive, and experiential-focused psychotherapists curious to learn how to design, build, and scale a thriving private practice. Your host, Raina Lombardi, interviews successful therapists about the tools and strategies they have used to develop creative-focused practices. They also talk about the products, services, and side hustles they have developed, using their knowledge and creativity to enhance their therapy practices, make a greater impact in their communities, and diversify their income streams. Welcome. Now here's your host, Raina Lombardi. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Creative Psychotherapist Podcast. I'm extremely excited to welcome my next guest to the show, um, and I'm excited for her to share all about the work that she's been doing, um, creating a very uh, cool tool for self-growth and mental health. And um, so welcome, Marie Lesnicki. She is the founder of Mindstead. She's always cared deeply about human potential and personal growth. And having benefited from counseling, coaching, and complementary approaches herself, Marie wished more people had access to the exercises, worksheets, and activities used in one-on-one -on -one sessions without the stigmas and challenges of time and costs that are associated. And with that, the idea for Mindstead was born. And Mindstead is the world's first marketplace of personal growth tools. Um, she describes it as Etsy for your mind. And there you can find bite-sized worksheets, exercises, and activity guides to help you become an even better version of yourself from acclaimed therapists and coaches like New York Times bestselling author Rick Hansen, PhD, Ted Starr, Dr. Shauna Shapiro, and others you have yet to discover. Welcome, Marie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, as I have told you before, having listened to your podcast, I really love the work that you're doing and am so aligned with you in wanting to empower more therapists to help more people. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And that's one of the um, exciting things about having you on is uh, to get to share what you're doing with other therapists so that they know um, this great resource that they can participate in. So let's first start. Um, how did you come up with the idea for Mindstead? Uh, thanks. That's like, it's a pretty fun question because I feel like a lot of elements of my life were leading into it for a long time. Um, one of the bigger ones is that I spent most of the last decade helping to grow a chain of nursery and primary schools across poor communities in Africa and Asia. And while I was on the business side, kind of focused on how do you scale quality and whether that's the building or the teacher hiring or parent-teacher conferences. It was much more on the operational side that I worked, 
but being a school, we did all work together. So I got to spend a bit of time with the academics team. And I was really impressed with how subtly we added social emotional learning into the classroom and whether that was like different ways to encourage a growth mindset or all of the very many ways uh, we did to do positive behavior encouragement in the classroom. It was just really cool to see. And it made me interested in what are we doing with parents and adults to, you know, reinforce similar ways of being a lot more intentional about how we process our emotions and how we show up in the world and how we strive towards the lives that we want. Um, not only because as adults, we all want these things and, and deserve to have them, but also because for the kids that we worked with, we'd be teaching one thing in the classroom and their parents go home and model very different behavior. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to even help this next generation um, create these better habits without you know, the parents being involved. So, so that was one thing I took away from there. And then um, I've personally benefited a lot from therapy um, as well as coaching. And I've had a meditation practice for a while. And I feel like I, I can see how they impact my life and how I can process events differently. And um, I was just seeing a lot of friends going through moments, even before this year, experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety and not knowing how to manage it. And going into this year and seeing more and more how many people are struggling, you know, we can't really change much of the situations going on right now. It's not like you know, Corona could just go away. But I do think that for those of us who have been able to process our traumas and find ways to deal with grief and have um, better coping skills around stress, we're able to have a much better experience, even in what has been a pretty not great year. And I just kind of wished more people would have access to this um, type of stuff. And um, when I was kind of researching why, why do people not do therapy? Like why mm-hmm. aren't people pursuing this? Um, a lot of the kind of regular things came up that I think we hear about, you know, oh, they're shaming going. This sure. is a little bit going down in recent years, but it's, it's definitely still there. There's also like, it's expensive, it's time mm-hmm. consuming. It's time consuming to even just find someone because no one works with your schedule. You know, um, <laughs> there's a lot of things going in the way, but one thing also came up a lot, which to me was really intriguing where people would say like, oh, I tried counseling once. It's not for me. (laughs) And it was the way they talked about it was a bit like if I was like, hey, Raina, I played basketball once and exercise. It's just not for me Um, (laughs) because they were just like lumping one session of like 45 minutes of therapy with one person to define the entire field, which is so massive. Right. Um, and it made me really curious, like, what are people thinking that therapy is? And like, are, are they aware of how much of it exists? Because to me, mental fitness is a lot like physical fitness. You know, lots of things are really good for your physical body. Like maybe you love running. I don't. I like swimming. I like boxing. I like other things. It doesn't matter if they're just, just good for you. It's right. also like, do you actually enjoy doing them and kind of finding what works for you? And in the mental fitness space, I think it's really the same. You know, there's a lot of things that have been shown to be really effective in academic research, but that doesn't mean you'll enjoy them. And in order to keep showing up and like doing the work, you do want to be in a modality that you actually enjoy. And so like 
maybe you love cognitive behavioral therapy. Maybe I hate it. Maybe I want expressive therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, But right now, most people don't even know that those exist. To them, there's like, it's like saying there's just exercise or there's not. There's just counseling or there's not. And so I was interested in finding a way where, you know, we can put up a lot of tools from all the different modalities and highlight a much larger range of practitioners in terms of modality, as well as demographics and personalities than you normally see in the media so that people could sample their different tools and ideally get an immediate assistance in whatever they're struggling with and like a small realization as well as slowly getting to understand like, oh, I like EMDR, I don't like, you know, ACT, you know, whatever it is for them to kind of figure out what they like, just like they could more easily in our society figure out what exercises they like. Hey, are you ready to gain clarity for your vision and draft actionable steps to achieve the outcomes you desire for your practice? We at the Creative Clinicians Corner are now offering professional consultation services that help creative therapists organize the ideas spinning in their minds into a strategic map to launch and scale their private practices so you can breathe with ease and confidence and take the action you need to achieve the practice of your dreams. Nothing is insurmountable and knowing your path to success will only inspire you to push through all the roadblocks and you don't have to do it alone. Visit us at www.creativeclinicianscorner.com and see the really affordable packages we have for you right now. Uh, I love that. And it makes so much sense. Um, I think even within the field, therapists often don't know all of the other modalities that exist within the field. And this is our profession. So for the lay public to know what does that mean? Um, What does CBT mean? What does DBT mean? What does EMDR mean? What do all these things mean? Um, It's not easy. So to be able to create. Yeah. And it's, it's very not welcoming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's off putting, right? It's like, there's a secret. Really uh, prohibitive for people to join. Yeah. And it's all these acronyms and that's just scary. Um, Yeah. I I do think even within therapy, you're right. A lot of people don't know how much exists. Uh, One of the the things I don't think, well, I definitely, I didn't, I didn't, you know, study this field, but when I was setting up Mindstead and going through all the modalities, there's like over 500 modalities of just therapy. And then if you add in like coaching and meditation and breath work and all of these pieces, which to me are all important kind of going back to the sports analogies. It's kind of like, if you're exercise, you want to do cardio and strength training and stretch. And I think that there is a reason to do therapy. That's different than the reason to do coaching. That's different than the reason to do meditation and all are great. And they're especially great when you're, you know, integrating them together, but we just don't have an awareness of any of that. Mm. So true. So true. So, when you said, okay, I want to create this, um, this tech tool, it, it's a website where people can purchase um, for very affordable rates, different tools to help them in their own self-growth journey. How did you decide what you were going to create? That too seems like it would be a lot of research and could be overwhelming. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, I, I actually thought about it a bunch of different ways. When I left the chain of schools, I got really interested in just the space in general and just how to get more people into it and just starting their journeys. Again, with the sports analogy, that's like when you train for a marathon, the first thing they say is like, just walk around the block. And so I was like, kept thinking about like, what are all the walk around the block activities for people who are pre-therapy and how do you get them going? And I had a couple of ideas. Uh, one of them was actually to try to do a bricks and mortar uh, thing, almost like, um, like a soul cycle or an orange theory, where mm -hmm. it's like drop in classes where you do a circuit of like psychology coaching and like uh, meditation. Um, I got really scared off by the, the cost involved in retail. Uh -huh. And now that we're in COVID, I feel like that was the right, right decision. decision. Um, when with the, yeah, <laughs> with, um, and with the marketplace, uh, what interested me in it, one, it's like a very affordable thing to get started and test. Um, in kind of the business world, we talk about having minimal viable products and just like having you know, your, your first pancake out there and seeing if someone likes it. And then if they like it, you keep building off of it. So it was, it was a lot simpler to build. And because there's been a lot of successful marketplaces out there, you could see what's working and not and kind of which spaces. And so I usually compare it to Etsy because most people are aware of Etsy and how, you mm -hmm. know, um, really great craft people can list their products on there and then anyone can buy them. Those are all physical goods though. Um, but a site that's probably even more similar to ours is called Teachers Pay Teachers. Oh, and yeah. it's a marketplace where everything is digitally downloadable and it's materials where teachers um, sell, you know, their classroom materials and games and whatever to other teachers. And I liked that space and I, having come from like an education business, I was like aware of that and thought it was a really interesting solution to both distribute more of the like really, you know, superstar teachers content to more rooms, as well as help any teachers who are new or struggling for whatever reason get access. And I thought it was a really cool model to try within the mental fitness space where um, it was kind of like a similar setup uh, of customers. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think there are a lot of counselors that do market um, different types of products, particularly school counselors or guidance counselors, um, school yeah. social workers, uh, you know, so folks that are, are trying to make an impact in the mental health of the educational community, um, that they're selling their stuff on there too. And, um, and it can be a very, um, like somebody can do that and create a whole business off just creating those products and selling yeah. those products on the marketplace, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it because, and it's, it's what I really like about you and, and your business and what you do for, for therapists is like, I think a lot of people think it's an either or with businesses instead mm -hmm. of um, an and, and how with therapists, like one of the things to me kind of selfishly is like, I don't want you guys burning out we need you. There isn't that many of you. And I think sometimes people have really high caseloads, but oh, instead yeah. of, you know, scrapping that all together, it's like, can you scale back by three clients or, you know, and spend those three hours making materials that you sell online, you know, depending on the marketplace, it might take a little time to build the momentum, but eventually they, they might even out and you can do both. Um, I think there's a lot of ways 
that therapy can go into outside of, you know, the one-on-one -on -one session. And so what I love about your, your podcast and your work um, in general and your consulting is that you do help people see that there is an and, um, yeah. and, and get them started. So. Right. There's so many different avenues that um, therapists are poised to utilize their skills and knowledge base in entrepreneurial ways that go beyond that one-to-one -one model. And I think in order to make greater impact, yeah. we do need to be looking at and evaluating, well, what are these other ways where we can reach more people with the information that we have? And, and what you've created is a, a perfect uh, way to do that, which is awesome. So thank you. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're welcome. Uh, what I was going to say, what I also think about, I think sometimes therapists feel like making these tools like compromises some of their work or, you know, people would benefit more from one-on-one. -on -one. And I definitely agree with that to an extent. Um, the problem is it's, if it's nothing or one-on-one -on -one sessions, I would much rather there's no option of nothing and we kind of get them started with that first walk around the block. Um, in some ways, I think of it kind of like, you know, musicians, you could go see someone live in concert you can even meet them one-on-one -on -one if you have a ton of money but there's always the option of like having the well it used to be a cd but you know an mp3 or, or listening to them mm -hmm. that kind of scales your ability to access you know that performer's work and psychology has been such a field that's been really narrow to you can only access it in one place and, you know, I think there's a lot of good that there is a lot of like regulation and, and history in, in psychology so that we know that, you know, people are licensed and doing good work. But I do think it's limiting the, the audiences we can get to. And so I've been really excited in, in the last couple of years seeing people, you know, starting to do courses or retreats or other, other things like that to diversify their income, diversify their reach. Um, and also just, you know, we're, we're humans are creative people. We just like, like to make things. <laughs> and so I think from all of those, um, points, it's been really awesome that that's been going on. Yeah, I can agree more. Um, we, there's, there's so many different ways to help and, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the traditional model. And what I, what I was thinking about, um, your marketplace is that for somebody who may be intimidated by going to therapy, they can access some of the tools and strategies. They can start to explore on their own and that might actually um, increase their curiosity and their comfort level to seek out that support. Um, so yeah. again, it doesn't have to be like, yeah. this is a less than approach. It could be, hey, let's give people a little bit of information yeah. so that they can see what, what it is that we do and understand what it is. Um, so they'll be more inclined to seek out the help. Exactly. That's very much what I'm going for. And it kind of goes back to that walk around the block mentality of like, it seems really scary. Um, in Corona, I've talked to a number of couples as well as uh, marriage and family therapists. And, you know, people are having a lot of struggles because they're with, to, uh, with each other so much more now. But they're, 
afraid to make the step to talk to someone, especially mm. as a couple, because sometimes one feels like they'll be blamed or both feel like they'll be blamed. And, you know, just starting with a worksheet that says like, let's just start by reframing things from you statements to I statements. Mm -hmm. And like, here's like an exercise you can do together. That is so much less scary. And then it makes you think like, oh, no one's going to necessarily blame me for anything. I'm just going to like use and learn more new skill sets to like be a better communicator. And it just like, it just makes you less afraid, I think, of going further. And really my goal is like I, uh, with Mindset, we really focus on those people that are pre-therapy, um, both because it's the audience I'm most interested in, but also because once you start doing the work, you know, you do need someone that is going to be a lot more personalized and focused on you and make sure you're not being triggered. But for the very first walk around the block, just to learn simple skills and simple ways of reflecting on your experiences or trying to be more intentional about your, your emotions or reactions, it's a really nice and easy and gentle way to start because you can also do it at any time. You know, if it's midnight mm -hmm. on Saturday, you can do it. It's affordable and no one's going to know because it's totally private. Yeah, that's so true. So can you tell the audience a little bit about how things are structured on the website? Um, I know I've been there and I've kind of, you know, seen how it's, it has, you have different categories um, for the tools, but I think you'd probably do a better job at explaining it. Yes, yes, I'd love to. Um, so yes, so one, for anyone listening, if you want to check it out, the site is mindstead.org, which is M-I-N-D-S-T-E-A-D.org. And um, since we're a marketplace, we actually have two sets of customers. One is all of the practitioners and one is the regular people. The way our site and like kind of usage of it is set up is aimed at people because they are the buyers. Um, and so on a high level, when you, when you land on the site, you can either search for something like you could search just anxiety and see what tools come up. Or for people that want to explore more, we've bucketed um, all of the tools into the categories that people were most likely to search in these groups. So mm -hmm. one is around stress, emotions, and self-care. Um, the second is around career, productivity, and money. Um, a third is around love and relationships. Fourth is around trauma and grief, then addiction and self-harm. And lastly, identity and purpose. And so most of our users will kind of dive into one of those categories and kind of search through it. At least that's the usership right now. Um, and then if they want to, once you kind of are on the page of the actual marketplace looking at tools, you can, if you're an advanced user, we call them, you can refine the tools more by searching by like a specific modality. So maybe you want an anxiety tool that is cognitive behavioral therapy. Maybe you want a, you know, relationship tool that is drama. And mm -hmm. so you can get really specific as you're searching, um, which, it, which is pretty cool, especially as we build out having more and more tools. Um, the only challenge is that sometimes um, some tools are like across two of those sections. Um, one really interesting therapist I have been talking to is going to start adding tools this month. He does a lot of um, financial psychology for couples oh. and helping them kind of 
work through their their history and values specifically around money because it is such a tension point for couples and you know that's both like career productivity money as well as love relationships Um, but it's this really interesting intersection of both because you know that's why it's hard to kind of make groups because either you get super super focused and singular or it's really high level but most of our lives overlap with each other and um yeah that's so true um that is so needed for sure um finances definitely come up a lot in couples work um so anything to help uh work through that together that's a really cool idea so if somebody wanted to sell on the site what's the process of getting started um how do how do you vet the folks that are um submitting to have downloadable products on your site can you speak a little bit about that yeah i'd love to um so Right now, I am talking to every practitioner that joins the site myself. It's usually even just like a 30-minute conversation, but it's nice to just both meet each other and get to know each other and that. Um, Once people are ready to open a shop, it's pretty simple. You um, sign up for an account, and then from your profile page, you can open a shop, and it leads you through some information um, into our Stripe, which is our payment provider, so that we can Mm -hmm. pay you. Um, and then basically your shop's open. It, once, you're, once you're at that stage, it only takes about 10 minutes to open a shop and then you're ready to add tools. So it, it's pretty easy to get started. Um, the, if you want to have like a verified badge for your shop and your tools, then um, you need to send uh, me or rather hello at mindstead.org your license information so that we can like fully check out that you are the exact person that you are. Um, so, so that's also, I guess, one of the ways we, we try to aim for quality is meeting people and then looking for, for those um, verifications. Um, and then once tools are on the site, um, as you're posting it, you'll see we look for two blurbs when you post the tool. One of them is just like about the tool and how to use it, who would use it and why. And then the mm-hmm. second one is like what evidence supports it. And this is both so that the people who would purchase the tool know that this is not some crazy thing you made up entirely, but that it's based on some, you know, practice that has been studied. Um, And also so that if they really love the tool, they could then go on to find more tools in that style, um, in that modality based on whatever a theory it is. Um, So that also helps with quality. Um, And then lastly, as people buy tools, they're able to rate them and review them so that good tools will kind of shine and any tools that people don't like as much don't. And then lastly, um, we have like a report issue um, that you can do on any tool. If anyone thinks that a tool is um, either harmful or is copyright infringement Mm -hmm. or for whatever reason you don't think it should be there and obviously look at those very seriously. So far we have not had that come up. Um, But those are kind of the different ways we're trying to do oversight Um, because I'm not uh, an actual practitioner. I don't feel really comfortable reviewing tools for the technical skill set behind them. Um, And I think eventually I might be interested in having a panel or something like like a panel rather than individual reviewing them, but we're we're not quite there yet. 
Um, and what else was I going to share? And yeah, it's free to join. It's free to open a shop and list as many tools as you want. Um, you can make tools for $0. You can price them. You know, I think our most expensive tool right now is $135. The average price is about five. Um, our goal is to be affordable, um, but still feel valuable to our customers. And as we get more data, I'm hoping we'll be able to better recommend pricing. Um, but we're still kind of learning about that as we go. And um, as you post your tool, you're also very welcome, um, which is kind of unlike other marketplaces, but we actually encourage you to include your sites and your courses and everything to take people off site because we wanna be the bite-sized place where they get started with that walk around the block. But if they're ready to run that marathon and do one-on-one -on -one sessions or you know, do a 12-week course, um, we're at least not presently the place that houses those. And so we want people to be with us to start their journey and maybe they'll start their journey with us a couple times based on different topics, um, but we do want them to go on and, you know, dig deeper um, as they're ready with, with someone um, more one-on-one. -on -one. And that's, that's yeah, awesome. that's mostly it. I think uh, one of the things that, one of the things that um, therapists have enjoyed about our site, which um, I think you've also spoke about, it's like you, you get your PhD in psychology, you learn all these amazing ways to help people, but you don't actually learn how to open a business or how to market and all of these things. And so we want to be here to help psychologists market and do the marketing for you so you don't have to spend you know, three hours a day on Instagram um, so that anyone even knows you have any materials that exist. Um, so once they're on here, you know, mindset we're promoting. And so we're hoping just to also take some of that work out of the way for therapists. That's funny. That was going to be the next thing I asked you to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> the marketing piece. So in what ways um, are, is your agency, is your, is the marketplace, your website, your business, in what ways are you all marketing and, and leveraging um, to reach the um, kind of pre-therapy audience, if you will? How did you identify those folks and how are you targeting them? Yeah, um, I think the identification came a little bit more qualitatively originally from just talking to people and seeing how many people are curious and really want to develop themselves personally but don't know what the first step is. And the first step of actually, you know, hiring a therapist or a coach is really scary, especially if they've had that one bad experience. Mm -hmm. And so meanwhile, they are following, you know, inspirational Instagrams and they are listening to various podcasts that ultimately, even if they don't build themselves like that are about personal development. And so there's, there's kind of a lot of ways and places you can find these people um, that, that we're trying to touch on. Um, we focus a lot on social media, especially Instagram, um, okay. which has been interesting also just to learn what is effective and what isn't, um, and for kind of which audiences. So, so it, it's been kind of cool playing as we go. Um, right now, being a marketplace, uh, we're both looking for practitioners as well as people. Mm -hmm. And so there's always the shift of how much attention are you focusing on one versus the other. And to be honest, because we're so young, we're only a couple months old, uh, we have a slightly more focus on practitioners because we're actually naturally getting more people coming to the site than mm -hmm. we are getting practitioners. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. 
So you're looking for more practitioners, which is great for our audience in that I'm sure that all the creative therapists that are listening have different tools that could easily be created into a PDF for downloading if they haven't already. Um, and yeah. yeah. Is there anything yeah. else? Tools, they can be PDFs. Okay. Yes. Uh, so um, just talking more about the tools is kind of interesting because we've learned a, a bit here, which could be interesting for, for your listeners, even if they don't go with Mindstead. But um, most of our tools are PDFs and they're some variation of a worksheet or a journaling prompt or, or, or some variation mm -hmm. of, you know, talking exercises. Um, but we also do have audio um, guides, especially in the meditation and breathwork camps. And we also have some video lessons. So there isn't really a format. Um, again, our data isn't that huge yet. So we don't know what will work the best and maybe what will work the best for different topics. But all sorts of digital um, content is very welcome. Our, our main things that we're looking for is that the tools can be done in about under 30 minutes. Um, and that's because both these are pre-therapy people who are overwhelmed at the idea of doing something huge. You know, we want to give them a small bite, not a sudden commitment that they're going to, you know, get scared of. Um, likewise, we want them to be able to feel like they can actually finish it and accomplish it. Um, during research, I talked to a number of people who had like started an anxiety workbook or like a guided journal and they felt really great in a couple pages and then they just stopped. And the amount of guilt they feel about stopping and not finishing that task on their to-do list totally weigh, outweighs like the positivities they've gotten. And so we want to make sure that this is something quick and easy and not scary to start and also something people can feel like they can confidently finish. Um, next, we're also looking that the, the tools are more actionable. Um, a lot of the stuff out there that people are accessing is more passive like reading an Instagram post or listening to a podcast where they're hearing really interesting information um, and it's inspiring and they'll leave it being like, I'm so excited. They can do it. I can do it. And then slowly they're like, wait, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? <laughs> and so we want to, um, and I'm sure you, you I, I mean, I think we've all experienced those moments where we get hyped up and then and then all of a sudden we feel a little overwhelmed. And so mm -hmm. with mindset, what we really want to do is make everything actionable so that there is always an exercise. And whether that's writing or practicing talking to someone or doing some breathing or doing some arts, you know, whatever it is that there is, it's not just theory, um, but it's action. Um, and then the last thing that was really interesting to me was that people prefer it when things are really specific. Um, and I had talked to one, um, or rather I'd like watched some people using different um, therapy tools um, at the end of last year. And there was a woman who was looking at a tool on boundaries and she told me like, oh, this is really interesting, but I'm not sure if it's relevant to me because this example, like this worksheet is for parents. And so it's like a parent-child relationship and setting boundaries with that but I don't have kids. I was interested in like, how do I set better boundaries with my husband? Mm. And that was interesting because the techniques are all the same, but just the title and the example kind of threw her. And so in many ways, um, because as people, we, we get into really identifying with things 
it's almost better to make like five different, in that case, worksheets that just have different titles and examples, even if 95% of the other content is the same, just so that someone better feels like this gets them and is working with them, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh, um, that's such a gift. Thank you for sharing that information. Yeah. Yes, it really does. And I think that speaks to a variety of ways therapists market what they're doing, their, whether it's a service or a product, how we speak to the individual down to that very specific demographic is really important. Yeah. And especially for these digital resources, and so for any one of your listeners that even works on courses or anything, I think sometimes people want to go broad because then then you think you can reach more people. But you know, with with all things, if you go too broad, you're kind of not doing anything for anyone. And so I think it's always thinking about that balance of how can you be specific. Mm-hmm. And with courses and tools, you know, it's not going to be individualized one on one, but it could be kind of a mass customization where you still get a little of that very individualized feel. It just happens that you're one of a couple thousand individuals that might still identify with that very dearly. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's like all of those things to us are really important to think about as people create tools. Um, obviously we're, we're biased towards wanting people to create tools for us. Um, but because our mission really is about getting more people started and doing this work and, you know, living the lives they want to live and, and deserve um, and finding more peace and calmness, especially in crazy times, um, we're, we're happy for, for anyone to be doing this work anywhere as long as it's reaching more people. No, I think it's wonderful what you're doing. And um, on, both, on both sides, it's an opportunity for therapists who want to kind of dip their toe into entrepreneurship without a huge commitment as well, um, as it's beneficial for folks that kind of want to dip their toe into therapy, but they're not really sure about committing as well. So yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's a great way for both sides to get started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Obviously, I know you already shared the website, which is uh, mindstead.org. Where can people find um, find you on social media, um, follow you there, kind of see what kind of tools people are um, putting out on your site, um, things like that? Yeah, so we're at Mindstead on literally every one of the social media channels. Uh, We're most um, active on Instagram, so um, at Mindstead on Instagram, but we also have a Facebook. We even have a TikTok. We've got our Twitter, our Pinterest. Uh, We're in in all the places where um, you are and um, yeah, looking to, to meet more people. Um, for any practitioners who are interested or intrigued, it's worth just kind of poking around on the website. Um, if you want to talk to me, you can actually book a meeting straight from the website under the cell tool section, or anyone is welcome to email me at marie at mindstead.org. Um, similarly, actually, more, uh, once people join Mindstead, we also have a Mindstead Practitioners Facebook group where mm. we try to share the trends of what's going on at the website that we know so far that can better inform tools people are making. Um, Right now, as I said, our data isn't so huge to know a ton about that, but it's been interesting to see kind of the trends over this year where 
generally like anxiety, anxiousness, anxious, though that whole family mm -hmm. is the most searched words overall on the site. Um, yeah. Though in July, we had like a little spike of parenting, like <laughs> children, um, social lessons for children, which was interesting. And I'm guessing it's because the school year ended and parents are trying to figure out what to do with their kids in July. And so it's been pretty seasonal in ways that seem obvious, but you know, we'll be tracking it as we go in case there, there's anything interesting popping up and sharing it just so that people can make sure any materials they're making are as relevant for, for that time period and audiences as possible. I, I love that you're doing that research and really looking at the data and evaluating and then providing that back to the practitioners who are selling on the website so that they can refine the tools that they're creating. Um, it's a really nice partnership. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Well, is there anything that we missed that we didn't cover? I feel like we, we covered a lot of territory today. Yeah, I think the last thing I'll just add is just kind of like to fangirl a little bit about expressive therapist. Um, I think because uh, that's been a lot of the podcast I've heard on your show. Yeah. And I know that's uh, where, where the school that you come from. And I feel that most there's so many people that don't know that you guys exist. Mm -hmm. And since humans were such creators, I think people would benefit so much from these types of therapies. And I'm just really glad um, you're out here, Raina, promoting just the, the field in general. And I'm hoping more people start doing this work, um, especially some of the people who are afraid of, you know, more talk therapy. I think this is such a great way for them to get so many benefits and really, really change their lives. So thank you for doing that work on a individual, you know, uh, level, as well as for, for this podcast, just kind of promoting that field in general. I think it's super awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I definitely, when, you know, resonated when you were talking about really wanting to make sure that the tools that are on the site are actionable. Um, and that's really the sweet spot of expressive therapies is that it's all experiential um, activities, you know, experiential interventions designed to um, help people connect inward, understand their emotional experience um, better, to better be able to manage the difficult emotions that we all have. And um, so I think we're well poised to, to, create, um, to create tools for the site as well. So thanks for creating that opportunity. Awesome. Well, thank you. A lot of mutual thanks and gratitude going around. Yeah, definitely. Always, always grateful. Um, well, I am going to make sure that all of the uh, resources that you shared, the website, all of the social media handles, um, and a link to where people can book the meeting with Calendly um, to meet with you directly. Uh, are all listed in the resources section of the episode of the podcast. And usually what we'll do is um, we'll do the editing and then you'll receive an email from us. And in the email, it'll have a link to the episode, um, like a little uh, 
graphic artwork, which is the episode title um, for you to share, put on your website if you like. And of course, we'll be sharing and promoting it um, yes. with our listeners. And I have an, I, I have an intern who's um, working with me this semester and she's, that's her, like her task is to create some beautifully designed PDFs with some of my interventions so that I can put them up on the site. Uh, so I'm, I'm working on that right oh, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have things, but I'm like, oh, they're just, they're ugly. They really need to be love. They need some graphic love before yeah. I put them out to, to sell. They yeah. were just created for me to use. So um, like with clients yeah. directly. Yeah, yeah no, I appreciate you, you taking that time. I think that's something I forgot to mention before, but it is important to customers um, because what we can do when we're not therapists and we can't really judge people on the technical stuff, we use a lot of physical proxies. And so the better looking tools are, the more effective we just think they're going to be. That's so true. That's so true. Our own bias gets in the way. It's aesthetic bias, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's very much judging the book by the cover. Yep. And we all do that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a great week. Yeah, so nice meeting you. I'm really excited about this. And yeah, same to you. We'll talk soon. Nice meeting you too. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Creative Psychotherapist. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For show notes, downloads, and additional resources, head over to the website at www.creativeclinicianscorner.com.